Digital intercourse. Shit, this is like a magic goddamn <laughs> wizard pill. Yeah. That's my pappy clap. Come on. We're gonna use a condom. Yeah. Digital intercourse. A nun comes in and slaps the shit out of you. Yeah. I had far less penis than I had when I went in. <laughs> Digital intercourse. Does she show a titty afterwards? Come on. Pop all chlamydia sitting on the rocking chair. <laughs> Digital intercourse. The world is an ending and women have vaginas. <laughs> but it was the day that I learned girls don't pee out of their butt. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Digital Intercourse, the shame-busting podcast from the buckle of the Bible belt. My name is Tom King, and I'm here with the responsibly seductive Lauren Turner. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you? I'm good. It is funny that just before we recorded this, you reminded me that you wanted to host this with me because you were like, who wouldn't I fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's cool, though. I wouldn't fuck either. I was about to say, it's a mutual (laughs) non-fucking between the two of us. Yeah, it's not going to work. That'd be like putting a noodle in a keyhole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't go she in. Would. It wouldn't. It wouldn't turn the lock. And keyholes famously do not self lubricate, so it's a noodle in a dry <laughs> keyhole. <laughs> not gonna work. Uh, it would be very awkward if we had sex. Yeah. I think we'd be bad. Bad. Real bad sex. And you know, who knows so much about bad sex? They wrote a fucking book about it. No, Tom. Who? It is our guest today, award-winning author and unrepentant ragamuffin. Shelby Simpson. Da, da, da. <laughs> Yay. Hi. So you have written the book, We're All Bad in Bed. I did write that book. And it's right here. <laughs> and it's amazing. And we're going to talk about it. And yeah, I just thought I fucked up fucking so many times <laughs> that it was time to talk about it. You're like, what could I write? What am I so good at? I could write a whole book on it. Right. We were talking about this, Lauren and I, before you arrived. And... A woman had to write this book. Yeah. Because men do not talk about their bad sexual experiences. You don't? We only brag about the good ones. We never sit around with our That's friends and talk funny. about I the bad sex. That's funny. I never thought about that. You ne- Well, unless you're like, do you talk about when you think a chick is bad in bed? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but never when we did something right, wrong. Right, 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 right. Which totally I feel like there's a that. lot of stories in this book about men doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. But most of them are ours, honestly. Okay. Like, definitely, they're all, like, four of them are mine that I just, well, yeah, my tops. It's the best of. Oh, the, the hits. Gra- oh, the greatest yeah. hits. <laughs> Me on a bearskin rug, queefing. Okay, well. Queefing on a bearskin rug is a very underrated John Denver album. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're, you're right. Uh, Gotta get that one. Rush out there now. I love the just the cover of this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, it's a very subtle purple background uh, that is vaginas. Yes, just a just a mural of like a shower curtain of That's just vagina, right. vagina, right, vagina. right. Like uh, if you stare at it too long, it turns into <laughs> unicorns. You can see Jesus if you look at it long enough. You got to tip it down like this though. <laughs> And then a girl wearing sunglasses with a very naked man. A very naked man. That doesn't look like the men I usually sleep with. No? He's a bit buffier. He he has got a lot of muscles. Mm -hmm. He definitely does. What do the men you usually sleep with look like? Mm, I'd say an array. I like, I do like muscular men, but not the big buffy gym junkie. No, it's like a bit of cut. They do have to be more in shape than me. (laughs) That's important. That's a rule. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rule. And then, um, no, I like to taste the rainbow. So I would say kind of a little bit of everything. It's usually, honestly, this is going to sound lame, but it's personality. Like once I meet someone and they start talking, that's usually what gets me going. Then I'm like, yeah, I'll fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You talk me into it. Yeah, good for you. You're good with a joke. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> what inspired you to write the book? What was the one where you're like, I have to write about oh, this? Oh, well. So I just finished my master's. I went back to get my master's late in life. So 2013. OU. And it was because I could not finish a book and I'd always wanted to be an author. I'd been writing professionally around the world for a long time. Starting books. 
getting chapters in and then being like, fuck. Because I just didn't, it's hard to get through 300 pages and have a structure. And I'd never been taught that structure. And I hadn't studied about that structure. And I like people. So for me, the train always had to come from someone else, not just out of the book. Anyway, the program at OU is actually one of the top ranked in the nation for fiction writing. And so I was like, well, I've always wanted my master's and I'm going to go do this. And instead of a thesis, you write a book. So I was like, and I'll have to write a fucking book. <laughs> so here we go. And so anyway, um, actually, fiction is my first baby. I love horror. Um, whores. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tom, Tom's eyebrows went, Burr. He's like, I like whores, too. I, I love whores. <laughs> Sluts, if you want to get technical. but right? They don't have to be professional. <laughs> but we can combine both and write a series called American Horror Story. Yes. That Well, there you go. That's you. <laughs> yeah. So I started... Well, I I went into that program, though, knowing because even though fiction's my baby, because I'd just come home from traveling, like a 10-year travel career, I was like, I'm going to write about travel. And you and I did that. That's the book that I graduated with. That's Good Globe that I came out with. And you are, we also talked a little bit about the business while we were getting trained. And one of the golden rules, just like in anything, it's to build your audience, you really have to honor their expectations and stick to what they are used to you writing. So here I am in travel, and it's going to be a three-part series, and I'm supposed to be writing about travel, and um, graduation evening. Uh, my mother came over and stayed at my house in Norman, and Chad, who's still my life partner, was over there, and we had a little celebration morning quickie, and some shit went really wrong, oh. and it involved my mother. Oh. And I'm not going to... Oh, no. Yeah, at 38. Oops. <laughs> right when you think you've got it, you know. Right, you're, like, you're like, she's never going to catch me. She hasn't right, yet. Right, right. You're like, I'm done being embarrassed in bed. I'm owning this shit. And oh, my God. Well, so I, uh, I was mortified, actually. And I thought, you know what? But it was funny. <laughs> so I started talking to my friends about it. And I was like, I'm going to fucking write a book about this. And and your fuck-ups to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, wait oh, a minute. Can you change my name to Darcy? So, yeah, uh, that's what this is. It's a compilation of us through the years, me and my besties. And the conversations we've had, the things that we've heard, too, but their stories, too. Um, that was one of my big questions. Is like, How did your friends react when you sat them down and were like, okay, I'm going to publish your most... <laughs> intimate embarrassing moments in a book <laughs> they loved it that's what's so strange and I was telling some other interviewers today that it shocked me like when I would say I was coming out with a sex book people would say oh but when I'd say it's about embarrassing sexual moments they're like oh, <laughs> oh I've got a story so I think that same vein of because it's humor people don't mind and because the names were changed, they especially were like, oh, get it out there. And I think they wanted it in the book. It was this reaction I did not expect, but it was an awesome one. Yeah, I think something we're finding, like the humor can take some of the shame out of it. It does. Like it takes all the power away if you're like, I'm going to take this back and I'm going to think it's hilarious. Right. There's like, it's very, it can be a powerful thing. Yeah, and I think those stories are burning inside of everyone, you yeah. know. So then when they're like, "Oh, you do," oh, I've got, I can one up that. Yes. You know, but literally, I've had everyone that I tell about this book is like, mm. I've only had one person that said I don't have any bad moments. Oh, yeah, you're oh, so a you liar. One liar. What? <laughs> <laughs> right? One person who's in deep denial, or, right? like, or one virgin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like okay, that was a little tricky way around that saying you never fucked, but I got <laughs> right, it. right. Can you tell us, maybe not to spoil anything from the book, but could you tell us any of the stories, any that stand out? Um, yeah, I've got one that's not in the show that is one of my favorites, which is called the LBJ, which is the le legitimate blowjob. Because <laughs> literally we found out just a few years ago that a girl in our circle had not, she literally thought, and this is at almost 40, a blowjob was blowing on the dick. I made that mistake. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. I was in seventh grade, and I took a hair dryer and was just going to blow on my <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that, that didn't feel good at all. It was not Turns out. <laughs> Wrong. That's what it, they're blowing on it. 
Wrong household appliance. Right, you should have got the Hoover. Right. You didn't know. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Cool setting. <laughs> <laughs> I just, we were all shocked and we felt bad like we failed her. And I was like, do you, have you not watched any fucking porn your whole life? Like, where are you on this one? And no magazines, no nothing. And she just, we didn't know that she hadn't watched any porn or she just isn't into it, you know? Yeah. And that no guys, it's so, well, how, the way we handled it <laughs> among our friends was an instant three-way call, you know, between all of us to be like, hey, do you, and we decided to call her ex-boyfriends from high school that we're still friends with. And we're like, did you get a blowjob <laughs> from such and such? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, do you remember what it was like? Like, did she just lick and blow or? And the consensus was they could not remember, but they enjoyed it. And then I thought, well, that doesn't even fucking count. Because someone could look at your dick in high school and they'd be like, ugh, that's so good. I mean, I could see that being a thing. Like blowing on it. Not like, (laughs) (laughs) but like a cool air. Yeah. It's a good start. Yeah, you can start there. Yeah, you're going to have to do some more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess she wasn't doing much more because there was a... A request from her. It was, the way it all went down was her fiance was like, "Are you? When are you gonna give me a legitimate blowjob?" Is what he asked her. Oh and my she god! And she's like, "What do you mean, legitimate?" I, I've been blowing on your dick for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been blowing you, motherfucker. <laughs> the most alarming word in that sentence is fiance. Yes, I know. He was already engaged this uh, long before I he know. got a blowjob. Uh, I know. So it must have been that good of a blowjob. <laughs> Yeah. She must have it down to an art of I don't I don't know I can't tell you. Or they're like, Ugh, just let me put it in. Yeah, I can't. Right, I don't know what's happening. Right, right. Let's just stick it in. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, I, I would like to interview her and see like what her <laughs> blowjob tag. Not her LBJ, her regular BJ. Her regular. I, well, I, this is the thing. Like, I, I, I need to catch it. up with her and be like, Have you? Do you now have a legitimate blowjob? <laughs> Did you get your LBJ? Yeah, how was your LBJ going? But that is so funny. What was her reaction when he was like, "When are you gonna give me a li-? like?" What was she was shocked, and that's what she was like. No, that is not what it is. Because he was like, "What do you think? Like the blow part? Did you think it actually meant blowing?" And she's like, "Yes, that's the fucking name of it." And so then the phone call went out. What is a blowjob? So first it was a definition question, actually. Yeah. Like, I think he's lying to me. He's trying to get me to put right. his dick in my mouth. And we're all like, it's like when a guy blows in your mouth. She's like, no, it's not. That can't fucking be it. It's got to be just that you're, like, blowing. No. No, sweetie. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, darling. Oh. <laughs> but I'm, but they're, they're, I'm sure I'm. It was not my story, but they are married. Okay. They are I'm, happy. I'm guessing, guessing she, like, They are legitimate. Out. <laughs> yeah. now, now that she has... Um, we're assuming she has developed her LBJ. Yeah. Has he reciprocated, and does he now call Conalingus a ladybird? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> uh, that needs to happen. <laughs> uh, they're happy, that. and who knows what they're up to now, <laughs> right? Okay. Now, the story is we're all bad in bed. Right. I'm good in bed. Yeah. I feel attacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's it's an attack on you, a personal Thank one. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad we acknowledge that. <laughs> uh, but I think just having these stories out there does kind of reduce some of that shame uh, yeah. and the pressure to be good in bed, especially if you're with a new partner. Yeah. You feel out a lot of pressure, like you gotta like you're in the Olympics of sex now. You gotta like be the best sex that's ever sexed. Uh, you want to hear this crazy stat? I up. haven't read it. This was someone told me about this, but I feel like maybe I did look it up later. We. You can try it now to look up if you want. But I'd heard that erectile dysfunction, you know, for since the beginning of time, it's like highest, the highest percentage is for men like over 60. And just recently, supposedly, that still is the primary group of men suffering from erectile dysfunction. But the second biggest group are men in their 20s. I've heard that. That's legitimate. See? Mm-hmm. John Ronson talked about it. And, on his and why? Go podcast. ahead. Tell us why. I mean, I don't know. His uh, hypothesis had a lot to do with porn That's it. use and excessive compulsive masturbation. That's right. They, they figured this out, too, because in the military, 
they have all these young men and they had to start prescribing Viagra at like alarming rates. It was like, we never had to really use this before. Like what the fuck is happening? Right. And so that was the first like alarm bell that something was going on. Yeah. What do you think that, what do you think about that? that? I do think that that's what's going on and that it's porn. And so I'm tying this back to, um, I had heard that the perception of sex online obviously is very, very different than the reality of sex. And so they think maybe women are going to be perfect when they get into the bedroom and women as well are like, I need to be porny and look like this. And so then you get in the bedroom and that's not what it's like. Women in porn are cartoonishly enthusiastic. Right? (laughs) Right? And it's not a turn on, I don't think. Do you? You're like, mm. Yeah, a little bit. You do like I mean, it? Yeah. <laughs> I like, okay, enthusiasm itself is a turn on. Mm-hmm. Now, there are moments. But it's not real. There are moments, like, in porn, like, yeah, I get it. It is ridiculously, it, it, there are scenes that are ridiculously over the top. Right. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm just not bothered by it. Like, yeah. Whenever I, if I watch porn with a woman, She's going to have a very drastically different. She's paying attention to details. Right. I'm the storyline. Like, oh, right, not even the storyline. We're, we're, we're not watching the full length scripted movies, just a right. scene of sex. Right. Uh, but like, she's paying attention to details, and I'm just like, oh, I, I like her tits. There's a dick in her puss. Let's <laughs> roll tide. Uh, Done. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like paying attention to the wall, like the wallpaper colors and. Like, I would never fuck in a room with that She's wallpaper. Like, Why is he doing that to her? That Why is she wearing those earrings? <laughs> she needs to clip weird. her toenails. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> right. So I don't know, but I, I do think that I, I don't. It's a night of comedy. Like the the stage version of the book is a night of comedy, but it definitely has some messaging in there. One of which is. Uh, confidence. So I hear you, like maybe having some yelling, but legitimate yelling. Yeah. The L-Y. Yes. <laughs> like you don't fake it. You don't have to do what you see on porn. You just got to do what you're feeling. That's hot, I think. Yeah, like let your guard down. A yeah, bit. yeah. And you don't have to have the perfect body, I don't think. It's weird because we uh, got a softcore porn DVD. Nice. Uh, it was... We won it at a strip club. So <laughs> at a like strip a, club? They had, had, okay, so that night they were doing like a porn, or not porn, pole. They were doing pole Olympics. Uh-huh. And then in between uh, some of the women who aren't working there but just were doing pole tricks to try to win money, right. they were throwing out prizes. Okay. Uh, and then my girlfriend like showed them her tits, and so they gave us a porn Sweet, DVD. but soft. But it was a soft core <laughs> porn. They don't give away the triple X stuff. Why? Uh, but and then we watched it, and those scenes were much more realistic than triple X porn. Uh-huh. It looks like the two performers were trying so hard to make you believe that they were right. actually having sex when they weren't that it looked like real sex as opposed to the cartoon. And how was that stuff. for you? A much bigger turn on. Yeah. See? See? <laughs> we just had a conversation, I think, uh, in the last couple of weeks about female friendly porn. Right. And I like hate to be put in a box but I do think women like that to me is way hotter than someone with like their legs spread like a freaking yeah. wishbone and someone pounding them yeah like, no that uh, and everyone likes their own gig but yeah I do I agree like I like uh like novice porn you know <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? There's so, something real to it. There's something genuine about that I For enjoy. real. You did say something in the beginning of this book about porny sex. Mm-hmm. The guy, can you explain the changing the diaper? Oh, fuck. So, yeah, that was a, a pound job. <laughs> and it was like, you know, a little bit of foreplay and then all of a sudden, bam, legs up you know, almost over my head, both ankles in one hand and the pound, like, yeah, like you would hold a baby to change their diaper, you know, and I was just kind of perplexed. So I'm like, uh, like, that's not, no, no, it was too much. I don't mind that position, but to just go into that and just be the only position and then out. Yeah. You got to warm someone up to that situation. Yeah. 
He huh. didn't even know if I was going to pull a hamstring or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you would check to see how flexible I am. Like, what is my tensile strength? How far can I right. flex? Like, what if you did that to the guy? Just, like, kind of rolled him over. <laughs> right. Legs behind the head. That's would- the Amazon position. <laughs> Is it really? Have you said, have you heard about this? No. The Amazon no, position. It's uh, that, yeah. it's missionary, but the guy's legs are are folded up, and like she's still taking his penis inside her vagina. Okay. But she's doing it where he's in missionary style. So her legs are like kind of on the ground. Uh-huh. Her knee, she's still on her knees, just like the guy would normally be in missionary. But his legs are folded up, and she's taking it in that way. So she, it's a very dominant position. Interesting. But still penis in vagina. Mm-hmm. I need a drawing. Yeah, well, to get so you a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> I need paint by numbers. Have you had any other like porny sex from men where you're like, can you not do this right now? Um, you know, actually, no. I've had some great sex with men. I think that most of them have been pretty into it, pretty. But they're they're all. I wonder if I were to have sex with a much younger guy, if it would be a lot pornier. Yeah. You know, have you had porny sex? Um, a couple of times where I'm like, this, you think this is half? Right, so, right. Like, uh, you're, <laughs> you're doing, you're acting like you're speaking parcel tongue, Harry Potter. <laughs> like a snake. Like, like, yeah, no, see, I'm no, not no. into that. I, and that's, I wonder how many women, you know, like sometimes like the real banging, the finger bang that looks like they're trying yes. to like, I don't know what. Plunge a toilet with Plunge a toilet, hands. Yeah. <laughs> Or like they're, they're seizing out, you know, yes. <laughs> to me, like that's, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. I want you to take it slow and then start working me when I ask for it. But to, yeah. but the thing is everyone's so different. So I don't know if, what is a guy's assumption or did you have any assumptions when you started having sex? Uh, when I started having sex, mm-hmm. I was just trying not to come in two minutes. That was <laughs> goal, <laughs> primary have, goal. Yes, I didn't have any assumptions <laughs> or preconceived notions. Uh, mostly what I'd watched at that time had been Cinemax. Right. Even at that point, because this was before there was too much on the internet. There right. was certainly no like video streaming sites. Right. We're, we're on 56K back then. Like, it'd take you two right. minutes to download a picture. <laughs> One titty. One titty, people. There's a nipple. Yeah. Oof. Like, ooh, come on. And Tom's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't worried about how to do it. I was just trying not to come. Not to come. And so what, when you, when you got to the point where, okay, you could control it, and you start thinking about the woman, were you like, she likes to be, they like to be pounded? Well, no, I still didn't have, I don't feel like I was doing, I wasn't trying to recreate something I'd seen somewhere okay, else. Okay, okay. Because you hadn't was, seen anything in, anywhere else? Uh, I certainly hadn't seen a lot. Okay. I, that's part of it. Okay. Uh, but I was, I would just do something and then like, all right, she reacted well, let's do more of that. Like, see, that that's thumbs good. Up, thumbs down. That's thumbs experimentation. Yeah. And see, you know what you need in here is like a, 18-year-old guy, 19-year-old guy. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of the times, you know, at that age, the, the girl I was with didn't know a lot either. Uh-huh. She's just, I like it when you rub my button. She's talking about her clit, uh-huh. but neither one of us knew the word clit at the time. Like, as freshmen in college. Like, uh, that little doodad. That little thing. Get that little doodad down there. Push that button, please. So, that's so interesting, eh? I speak to that a little bit in the book as far as like sexual education, where does it really come from? And it's, I think, random. Oh, yeah. The playground from someone older who runs by and calls you like, you know, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to think of an example. Or like blowjob. So I write about that the first time I heard that word. I think I was in third grade. Yeah, and you're like, uh... Mm-hmm. But yeah, your mom probably would have preferred mm-hmm. that you had not heard about that. Right, shit yet. right, <laughs> she right, like, right. Why? So, but that's where I learned the majority of, I, I my, my dad's Playboys, stole those like a motherfucker, <laughs> loved them, and that was like Bush days, you know. Yes. Where all natural. <laughs> Pre Pam Anderson. That's right, right, and then. Uh, a little bit of porn, but again, it's like VHS days. So it's like if I found one hidden in our house, which happened once. And it was Debbie Does Dallas. And I was Classic. so excited. Classic. <laughs> Classic. And um, 
then it was just conversations and experimentation. I would say the the majority of my sexual education came from just doing it. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah. That, yeah. That's definitely true for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I grew up right on that edge of, I think... Technology. Just a couple years younger where, yeah, like, it was pretty accessible... Oh, you know what was cool when I was a kid? It was AOL chat rooms. Like, I probably talked oh to at least God. 22 pedophiles <laughs> at a bare minimum. I had a, my chat room. It was lit. My instant messenger. I was all day, like. So just having screen sex. Yes. Okay. And so it was, like, a very popular thing. Like, I think almost everyone my age has. How some. old were you? I was probably between, like. 12 and 14. Uh-huh. Like so right school. when you're kicking into your sexuality yes. and you're horny. Oh, People don't constantly. talk about how fucking horny you are at like 13. No. And the way I grew up. I was like sliding down the halls. <laughs> <laughs> like a little I, snail. Like a snail. Yeah. I was just leaving my trail everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh God, she's been in here. <laughs> sliding through. Right. But what were you going to say? Um, well, I just, I grew up so conservative that I had no idea it was normal. Right. And so I like hated myself mm-hmm. for it. I was like, I'm a freak. I'm a pervert. Right. Because no one talked about women in particular. Like, it was a little more okay for boys. Right. Um, but no one no talked one about talked women about... even being horny. Right. And I had been like a chronic masturbator. I mean, I was just started me too. I was, I was a like pillow five. humper from <laughs> yes, way back. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Another classic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another great classic. So, yeah, I totally... That makes such a difference, the way you're talked to about that from a young age, because mm-hmm. that was not helpful for me. I didn't talk openly with other women about anything like that until the summer after, a year after I graduated from college, mm-hmm. I went um, like to the lake with a bunch of my friends, and we got really drunk, and then everyone like admitted to masturbating, and really? I was like... Jesus. Yeah, but it took till college, right? Yeah, like I had a couple of friends that talked about in high school, but I wasn't comfortable admitting it. I still was not like Mm -hmm. comfortable talking about it. It's a weird age that denying masturbation. I don't jerk off. No, yeah, remember I did forget about that when it's like no one does it. Yeah, Yeah. and it's like everyone's doing it, and everyone's everyone's doing it chronically, (laughs) chronically, and everyone's making fun of each other for it. I forgot about that phase. Yeah, yeah, that one stood out for me. Yep. <laughs> it lasted so it lasted so long. So many years of me being like, I am alone. <laughs> Little did I know. Everyone else was doing the Everybody. Thing. Yeah. And you just don't so that's why it would, would be interesting, I think, to hear about the younger people if it's like, so have you been watching porn since third grade? You know, have you been curious and checking it out and learning and taking notes and then you apply your knowledge or not? I don't know. I think it's much more challenging on like what they're seeing, you know, like, oh, that's how you go down on someone. Oh, that's what a girl's supposed to be looking like, you know? Yeah, I don't think people are watching porn, and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, maybe I mean, they're, I mean, they're I mean mental, it. mentally. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, but I, I don't know. Think, I think about if you're in. like a ten-year-old boy, though, and this is like what is. Okay. That's yeah. what we're talking about, like kids. Like that's a different state of mind. Like you're still yeah. being formed. And what you consider to be like. And you're fascinated by it. Yeah. And you're taking it all in. I do remember at an age where my friends were just starting to like find and watch like triple X porn. And they're Uh like, yeah, you know how you get a woman pregnant? You got to pee in her. And we're like, no, it's the golden rule. That's not how it works. Like, yeah, there was a guy in in the video. Like, he. He was like having sex with it. He pulled it out and peed all over. That's what you got to do. And now looking back, I'm not sure right. if this was an actual golden shower scene right. or if he was so young he thought gum would come was pee. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> probably. No, I would guess. Either one is possible. Right. <laughs> God, what is so like fascinating? The most ridiculous thing either of you believed about sex. As a child, mm, good question. Probably that you pee into women. That's a pretty big one. <laughs> you know, my parents, my mom was really scientific in her approach, so I feel like anything that I wondered, I asked and got a legitimate answer, like an age-appropriate but legitimate answer. So I don't feel like I was really led astray. That is really nice, isn't it? Yes. Like I didn't think there was any stork 
I knew what doing it was. I knew that women had a vagina. I mean, she was very technical like that. Boys had a penis. Girls had a vagina. Were you the kid that was going and telling all the other kids? Like, you have a vagina. Kind of. <laughs> and they're going over to their moms. Their moms are like, no. Can't I, hang out with Shelby anymore. Right? All she does is talk about vagina and brownies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I didn't. I knew. I was, I was always like a pleaser. Okay. I was actually quite shy and a pleaser. So I would have never wanted to upset parents. Or a friend by doing any of that. And I knew what the rules were. And I was I was a very, I was big into abiding by rules, actually, when I was young, which is strange now. But I was. So I don't think I, I went around spreading my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm trying to think if there was anything about a blowjob that maybe surprised me. The idea of jizz just honestly blew yeah. my mind. I was like, yeah. you know what now? Or the, the taste of it or the smell of it. Yeah, just all, all the aspects. All of it's that. Like, it yeah. blew my mind the first time I did that because I had no idea that was a thing that was going to oh. happen to me. And I was watching yeah. like one of my first triple X porns. Oh. Incredibly 90s porn. There was two <laughs> chicks. They had been rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, and then they got back home and they were 69ing with nothing on but the rollerblades. <laughs> that seems like super dangerous. But I have. They were lying down to do it, ju- but they were still super wearing the dangerous. rollerblades. They're heavy. I'm like, or like, oh, my hair's caught in your wheels. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you were like, what just happened? Yeah. I, I broke my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like my balls were melting and coming out of my dick. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> like, All right. I'm never watching porn again. Guess right. what happened 10 minutes later. <laughs> Holy <laughs> like, shit. Better make sure everything's okay and that do not happen again. We'll watch a little bit more. Like, I think maybe it's supposed to. I'm going to keep going with it. I'm not going to question it. I will it. say my first orgasm was shocking. You know, like I think I'd had sex maybe four or five times before I had an orgasm. And it you and I don't think I'd orgasmed from masturbation. Oh. So my first orgasm came from sex penetration. Wow. wow. I know. And it was like, what what is going on? <laughs> my brain is melting. <laughs> okay. So you yeah. masturbated like your whole childhood and never um, came. It was just like a Yeah, I think it was just like a feel good yeah. and then be on my way. And I don't think I did a lot of penetration, actually, with my fingers. It was just outside rubsies. <laughs> Those are good Ooh, ones. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I got older, and then that was that was it when things started happening. So um, I think that would probably be the biggest shocker for me was just the first experience of that feeling. Yeah, definitely, especially if it was with someone else. Yeah. And you felt pretty familiar with your uh-huh. body i think that'd be like what the yeah hell? like i thought something was going wrong <laughs> at first you know and then like well i like this going wrong let's make yeah. this go wrong more often and nobody <laughs> tells you what's gonna happen they don't like there's no discussion in sex ed about what an orgasm feels like or is there do they teach that now no. i don't know i didn't i didn't have sex ed when i was <laughs> We're not that enlightened yet. Like, yeah, teach kids about, I don't know, consent and pleasure. And right. Swallowing. They did not teach us about <laughs> consent or swallowing, which is important. <laughs> uh, they did teach us about the dangers of smoking cigarettes. Right. And they did so by taking a two liter of Coke. And we all have one. We were all supposed to bring a two liter of Coke in. And they, uh, the teacher had some cotton. And we drilled a hole in the cap. And we put a cigarette in the bottle <laughs> And then, like, you would squeeze it and exhale it, and it's, 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 it's your, the bottle is smoking the cigarette. Right. And then you look at the cotton and see all the tar and stuff. Okay. That's in the but they gave this to a bunch of ninth and tenth graders who just stood around smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Shut <laughs> good up. Experiment. Was your teacher like, stop it? And you're like, he wasn't paying attention. He was out back smoking. <laughs> he Roll was tied. in. The, yeah, he was in the teacher's <laughs> own smoking because you could smoke indoors then. Uh, and then right. sent us outside to learn about Fuck, the dangers of smoking. Crazy. He's like, here, kids, there's a couple packs of cigarettes. <laughs> Knock yourselves out. Put them in that Coke bottle. <laughs> I love that. Uh, um, so you write in your book about the legend of Killer Coochie, mm-hmm. which sounds like a Wayans Brothers porn <laughs> parody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Black Widow. She, uh, yeah, has killed two guys, basically. But after sex. They died like a few weeks after fucking her. Oh, well, that's not shit. Not, a, not during, not during. Not during sex, mm-hmm. okay. But she was on a roll. Like, basically, men she, she slept with would die soon after. Yeah, <laughs> more than <laughs> one. More than one. Like, oh. <laughs> one is a bad date. Two is a beginning of a trend. Yeah. So, d- had she slept with more guys after the yeah, two? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the streak that has been guy broken. has got to be brave. <laughs> right. I know, I know. But We're no, she wear broke a condom. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're, he's alive. And I'd, I'm sure she's had plenty more since then. But it did freak her out, too, that she was just like, I'm cursed. What is going on? But I don't know. I think it's all good now. She might be a succubus. (gasps) This actually is probably what it is. Do you want to find out, Tom? I do. There's only one way to do (laughs) so. I'm willing to sacrifice myself for science. (laughs) Face science. Um, You talk in the beginning of the book about how someone asked you about what your parents thought about this book. Yeah. And um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. and then maybe how they're feeling about it now, that it's becoming something Yeah, more. something more. Um, my mom, I've just always been raw, honest with her because that's how she raised me. And so I, she didn't act like she was nervous about it other than I actually gave the book to her first, the manuscript. That's awesome. Yeah, just I wanted her to read it. And she was fine with it. She didn't say much, which was good. I did not want to go into the details with her. But she's like, tell me about page 32. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hoobly. Right, right. And that's a no. <laughs> so all I wanted was her overall review. And she said, I like it. And she has never been ashamed of anything that I did. And so all A's from her. My dad, I didn't really tell him much more than I wrote another book. It's about sex. That's it. Just kind of drop that. You're like, ding. And he didn't want to read it? Uh, no. And I didn't want him to read it. I was, and I said that straight up. I was like, you don't need to read it. And uh, it's out there, though. And he said, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> what was he going to say? Right. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He went back inside and was like, God damn it, Shelby. Right. Right. <laughs> and I just think that. Uh, even though he's he's not conservative, but he is. He's all into kind of, I would say he would care more about what people would think. Mm-hmm. He might not even care that much, but if someone else cared, then he would pretend to care. But uh, he's never put the brakes on it or anything. He was just like, okay, and moved on. And now that it's doing this, same thing, okay. So I still would not like him at the show. Don't want any male members of my family at the show except my brother. I could, I could, I was going to say I could do him, but that is <laughs> not what I, <laughs> it's not the right sentence. Right. Whatever consenting adults do, it's their decision. Right? Keep it in the family. So <laughs> I think uh, I'm not bothered by sharing it with females. Mm-hmm. And most men, you know, my boyfriend was actually the hardest for me, Chad, that I, he knew I'd written the book, but I just didn't want him to be bothered. And I didn't want him to read it because I don't like thinking too in-depth about him with his exes or anything like that. I, I mean, I like to kind of imagine it, you know. <laughs> but then I think, like, if I were to read a whole book about him, I think I'd be bothered. Yeah, and you can't, like, undo that decision to let him read it. Right. Like, there's a lot of, like, I don't know what the consequences would be and, like, oh, shit. Right. I can't remove those can't that it. imagery right. from his head. You cannot go back. And it's true. That's the problem. If this were all made up, then blah, blah, I wouldn't care. So, anyway, I was uh, quite concerned. And then he just said, we all have a past. And I thought, oh, my God. No. Let's I'm fuck, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> You beautiful, understanding man. Right? So he's been nothing but supportive through all of this. and But, you know, I think what's also magical is it is an adaptation of my memories. You know, these this is the way I remember it. It's probably not exactly the way it went down, <laughs> but uh, it's... And then the stage show is an adaptation of my book. So it's I think that makes it easier, too, that it makes the storytelling for him just that. 
That's amazing. So it seems yeah. like you're really supportive. Oh, totally supportive. He'll be at every show. And he's in the show. Oh, really? He is. He's not on stage, but he's in the show. Can you tell us a little bit more about the show and yeah. the, kind of the format and everything that's included and what people can expect? Yeah. So basically, like, I came out with my travel book. And then, like I said, it was going to be a three-part series. And so I'm actually almost finished with the second part of that. But in between, I snuck in the sex book for fun. And uh, I go back. New Zealand's my second home. And I go back there. I try to go back annually. And it was one of my friends there who was asking about how book sales are going. And I was like, well, not great. I mean, not as good as I want them to go. And she said, oh, have you thought about book readings? And I was like, <laughs> let me go fucking read about dicks and Barnes and Noble. <laughs> like, no. And plus, it just wasn't my jam. Barnes and Noble after dark. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so I thought... Not much, actually, other than, like, the seed had been planted. And I walked away, and David Sedaris. Ah, love, love, love. Love. David actually Sedaris. is the reason I started writing nonfiction. And saw him at Rose State, and he'd sold out this auditorium. So not at a bookstore, which I was like, weird. Oh, book and people then, can do things. Right. Like, huh. And then on stage by himself reading, but not his book. And I thought, huh. So it's just like notes and short stories, and but still reading. And then would be like, let me give you a chapter or a page out of my book, you know, like to show you what I'm talking about. And it would be the book that he was promoting. And I thought, what a crazy structure. That's not what, you know, I thought it would just be like page one, blah, 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 blah. And you'd go for an hour and a half and go home. But no, it was this awesome uh, yeah, flipping back and forth between just kind of reading what he what his thoughts were and then his book. And then I saw Anthony Bourdain after that. It was the last book that he was promoting. And um, his the only difference was that he had a big screen behind him that he was flipping through travel photos. So then after that, I was like, oh, my God, you can do anything, <laughs> anything. So I wrote what I wanted to see which is that structure to where I'm just talking about sex, like notes that I've taken, shit that, like, like what we're talking about right now, shit like that, and then bridge it to like, an, and now a passage out of my book, read a page, and then, but I slid in some nasty 90s hip hop. Nice. So it's a rap along with some fly girls and fly guys dancing because who doesn't need that, right? In a book reading. Yeah, if you're going to get to do anything you want, like, right. you better do that shit. Right. And I, and Enid, for some reason, like, it was thugalicious growing up in the 90s, <laughs> you know. But that was the music that was hot anyway for all teenagers. And uh, because it was so anti what the adults wanted to hear. So it, it was great for rebelling. And... Hip hop just burns through my brain, my brains, my veins. <laughs> it burns through my brains. brains. Yeah, so I love it and grew up just sinking my teeth deep into hip hop. And to this day, it's my favorite genre. But um, I really wanted to give back to all those lyrics and all of that shit that I love and that I think influenced the way I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, wow. Oh, wow. I do. Any particular uh, ways that – can you point to, like, any particular well, things? Well, no, I just think it, like, it's what revs my engine. Okay. Let's put it that way. Like, when I'm like, ooh, I'm going to take you down. <laughs> I've oh, usually shit. been listening to hip-hop before. So it just <laughs> makes you horny. What's your go-to? Like, if you're going to throw on a specific album or a song oh, or an artist. Well, if I were on a, on a, a, des a desert island, right? So here we go. So um, I would say – Doggy style. I've bought Doggy style, Snoop's Doggy style album, probably a solid over 30 times, just because, you know, you scratch CDs. Yeah. Uh, so, and I had to keep rebuying re it, and I love it. But then um, I really love some Ice Cube. I really love DJ Quick. <laughs> I like Too Short. Yeah. I like some cerebral hip hop too, though, like some De La Soul. I like, I like Wu Tang. I like. Um, I like digital underground, but not just Humpty. I like the Freaks cool. of the Industry. Have you heard that song? Do you know that one? I have a friend that was like the person who got me into music like that. Mm -hmm. And so 
we would just listen to the albums mm-hmm. at her house, but I never had them. Oh, okay. I gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I just, I love how, how fucking wrong they were. <laughs> <laughs> and they're funny. Like, quite creative lyrics. Some of them push the limit. You know, they're like, no, you've gone too far, sir. It's like watching a... a <laughs> is, that, is that when you listen to Two Live Crew? Is that when you get... To yeah, and I love Two Live Crew, too. Yeah, <laughs> that you're like, mm, I think I'm offended. I'm not sure. But I'm going to twer- twerk offended. over here. <laughs> Still twerking. Uh, I don't know. I think it's... Yeah. Because I don't think they meant anything by it. They were young. They yeah. were just trying to shock. Yeah. Shock yeah. jock lyrics, you know? Yeah, I think there's, if you're like a strong, independent woman, it takes a certain amount of cognitive dissonance to listen to some hip hop. For sure. Like I had to kind of disconnect myself a little bit to enjoy this. And I think back in the day, because when you're 16 and back in the early 90s, like women, we weren't talking about whether or not, you know, you you watch all those comedies back then and the joke was on chicks uh, and it was so sexist and so wrong. And it was okay for someone to grab your pussy at work. And you'd be like, oh, Tom. No, Tom, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> right? Slap, slap. Don't do that. Right, right. <laughs> so I think that we never discussed the how that made us feel. But I actually don't think it made us feel like that. I don't recall taking it that deep. At right. that age. At that, that age, you're like, this song slaps. Let's do this. Right. <laughs> right. That's all you're thinking That's, about. Yeah. And and just how, um, yeah, that it was something that my parents hated, so I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, it's my jam then. You're right. I'm going to play this on repeat. Uh, I'm getting ready to bump this shit. <laughs> and then as I got older, I don't think it mattered. I was like, oh, that's, they were they were young too. Yeah. They weren't thinking too hard either, you know? So, so yeah, that it's a night of the stage show is pure comedy. It is an hour and a half of just cracking the fuck up. There is audience participation. I use all the words. It is just meant to be one giant party. Come drunk. Get drunk with us. (laughs) There are eight of us on stage at all times. So, uh, it's. Oh, you mean arrive intoxicated? Not, yeah. Not drunk on cum. That not cum drunk. <laughs> that too. Okay. Oh, yeah, we, you can do both. Yeah, yeah. So I think. My choose. <laughs> I think it's um, a super unique book reading, and it is a book reading, but it's a book reading on acid. Is the way we were describing it. Okay. So do acid. Yeah, actually, you would. Yeah, you would love it on acid. <laughs> I think. You heard it here, folks. Unless You're going. <laughs> Unless the Just acid turns acid. on you. Right. But be in a good mood. Uh. Right? So it's uh, because I've lived all over the world and I've seen a lot of different art, I do think it's quite unique. I, I'm not the first author to try to combine music to a reading or acting to a reading, but I think it's all the ways that this is coming together that people are, are freaking out about it. And I've got some mean players in it. Like, that's the best thing I did was hire all the right people. So Matthew Alvin Brown is our director. He is a local legend in Oklahoma City. He's worked out of Hollywood. He's a writer himself. He does Hedwig and the Angry Inch is probably what he's best known for in Oklahoma City. He's done some work here as well. He Chapoose is our choreographer. She's worked with Busta Rhymes. She's worked with Paul McCartney. She's shared the stage with many stars and does international dances as well. We um, have uh, Thunder Girl as one of our dancers. We have a dancer that's danced in Brazil. Many that have danced on cruise liners. We have a rapper that is actually an opera singer as well. She's <laughs> flipped back and forth between Italy and here. She's uh, she's a celebrity voice coach. She's worked with famous people on getting their voice just right. We have the director of OKC Improv. Uh, we have a fully loaded crew. Has working with people at this like level of talent just like, I just imagine it's like the most inspiring thing. It is. And this animal is not mine. That's the thing. The stage show is this pieced together crazy creature that is all of us. And it would have not been anywhere close to as good if it weren't like that, you know? And so that's what's so cool is that I... I didn't know Matt. The thing was, I wrote it, and I knew that if I wanted to get on stage, like I'd seen David Sedaris, that I was going to be in a theater setting, 
and I don't know anything about theater, so I needed someone who did know something about theater. So that's when I started looking around, and I thought, I'm just going to ask the best and see what happens. I'll start at the top. Yeah. And went to him and left the script with him for, like, over a month, and then came back and was like, and what do you think? And he said, I like it. He said, I don't know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> You're like, will you help me figure it out? Right. Because he just said, I've never read anything like this. And I said, great. Are you? And he said, but I'm into experimentation. So let's, let's do it. Let's breathe life into it. And then he helped layer it up by really pulling the lines out and assigning them to people. And he was the one he's worked with Heachaw for years. He said, I know a choreographer. Do you mind if I work with her? I was like, by all means, you you tell me who to hire, because this is your world. And then we, um, I rented Tower Theater, which, are you yeah. guys familiar? Yeah, I know Tower, yeah. Because yeah. swanky, sexy venue, and uh, table seating, and went in, and I asked Matt what the normal run was, and he was like, six runs, and I was like, well, let's fucking do it. And we killed it. But it was because of opening night. People loved it so much that then it was just like sell out after there. Amazing. Dominoes. Yeah. Wasn't, I mean, it seems like you, this project, and it seems like most things you do is like deeply personal. Yeah. And I know from us being stand-ups, when people react like that, to something that is like very authentically you, it is the coolest. It is. I think it was hard for me the first time to take it all in because I, um, had the pedal down, <laughs> you know, because it's a lot. I am producing and, I guess, starring and uh, and creating, have to keep writing, you know, kind of tweaking. And so it took everything I had just to kind of hold that together. And then afterwards when people would be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it was just like, thank you. But in my head I was like, no, we've got tomorrow to do it and we've got one more to do it. And then, but it was that final day that I kind of relaxed back into the chair and thought, my God, how cool. Something is happening here. And so this kind of wraps up. We were talking before we started recording about um, having the sex label pinned to you. And do you want that label? And I didn't want that label but it's funny what that label has done. So <laughs> after this, and people loved the show, and now people come up and say hi to me, and then they're like, I got fucked so good last night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. And I'm just like, wow, I, I have opened up something for the audience members that they feel comfortable, like they've been waiting for their moment to be able to talk about anal. And then uh, I got invited to speak at this thing called She Speaks that was a, a women's conference. And I told her, she said, we've got an area on, you know, a slot for, it was like getting what you want in the bedroom. I think that's what it was called. And I responded and told her, now you know I'm not a sexpert, right? Like I'm literally just a rando. I'm just a lady who wrote a book about, did you read? It said I'm... Bad in yeah, bed. Bad in bed. I'm not sure what you want me to talk about here. And she's she, like, you're literally the only person who will talk about it. So that's what I'm wondering. She'd yeah. heard though. That's what the, she said. I'd just heard about your show. People are still talking about it, and I think you'd be great. And I said, well, if you're looking for someone just to kind of loosen up the crowd, I can definitely do that. And she said, yeah, yeah, bring it in. I was on the schedule for 9 a.m. Oh, people, yeah. are, people are like, wait, They what? literally still had their muffins <laughs> and their coffee and their eyes are like half-masked. And I was after financial lady. <laughs> so they're dead asleep before you ever get on the stage. Fucking dead. So I got up and I was just like, it's pretty early to talk about dicks. And then just stared at them. And I had a PowerPoint. <laughs> And all it had was like the old school, really bad PowerPoint where like words are like cartwheeling in. <laughs> yes. And it was just random words like butt beads, uh, queef, threesome. <laughs> and then, then I just stopped and was like, any questions? And half of the crowd started cracking up, which is what I wanted. And the other half was trying to fucking kill me with laser beam eyes. And I thought, oh, oh, and then I just kept going. But actually, after that talk, all these people came up to me then too. 
And they're like, thank God. I thought I was the only person in Oklahoma that was into S&M. I thought I was the only person who talked about this shit. Someone asked me if they raised their hand. So it started like this conversation. My talk actually had the most questions during it, during this conference. The minute you peel it back, people are like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, me, Right, me, me. Yeah. right. And this woman asked about, and now I won't remember the name of it. You probably have covered it. But it's uh, therapy where it's sex therapy, but you have sex with the therapist. Yeah, like surrogacy or whatever. Surrogacy, oh. yeah. yeah. And she asked if I had done that. And I was like, I've never even heard of that. How, how do you get certified <laughs> Tom it's usually a woman I'm just gonna tell you that much well we're breaking trends here yeah. it right? is 2019 do what you want right and she told me she thinks it's illegal in Oklahoma I would assume I so assume it is. why it's not you're oh because I guess it's semi-prostitution mm. <laughs> well we've talked a ton about if sex work looked more therapeutic like if you had that option, because we have a lot of people that come on here and they're working through, sometimes it's like they're working through things through right. their sexual activity and oh. breaking down some like internal barriers that they could not get out another way. And mm. so I'm like, I think it does have like some kind of like For sure. magic in it. I mean, For I think sure. we've all experienced some kind of sexual connection with someone that you're like, I feel better and like more whole as a person. Right, right. So. I think absolutely it could work. And definitely for people that are tr- wanting to try something new and scared mm-hmm. yeah. that a sex therapist would be great. Someone like that who's like, you're in a safe space. Here we are. Here we go. And especially having a good teacher like that. Yes. You know? I think I everybody really, needs that one. We're going we're to need it when all these 19-year-old boys grow up, actually. <laughs> this is going to be a booming. I'm going on Shark Tank with this. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to biz, money baby. They're <laughs> looking to need a trainer, right? So I guess I do have the sex label pinned to me a little bit in Oklahoma City, um, and probably will after this. Uh, and I'm actually great with it, and I didn't think I would be, but I, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I still wrestle with it some. So like. We had an article come out about our podcast, and um, I haven't really filled my parents in up. My mom's my friend on Instagram, so she's seen it. Okay. My dad and I don't really, like, talk or anything, so <laughs> I um, someone texted him about the article, so he listened to an episode. So he didn't know you did no. that. Okay, okay. And I knew. I was like, when I, this article came out, I said, there will be a reckoning. I don't know what it's going to be. Right. <laughs> but I will right. face some Something. kind of reckoning in uh-huh. my life. And so... I he I had an episode about coming out as a lesbian and mm-hmm. he listened to that and then I got a text from my mom at 9:30 on Monday morning like just getting settled into work that was like um it was a screen a text from my mom a screenshot of a text from my dad that was telling my mom my dad telling my mom I had a threesome <laughs> Did you know Thorne had a threesome Basically Really like, He was like real uplifting stuff <laughs> Jesus Real Christ. sophisticated. Right. So proud over here. It was sophisticated. She was wearing a bow tie at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so fancy lady. I was like, I'm going to do some lesbian stuff. Do I have to dress like Ellen? Is that the deal? <laughs> you know, is that how that works? Um, but having my family, like, uh-huh. attach that to me and where we live, like, it's How do you feel? Did you, were you upset? Uh, I just texted my mom back and all it said was, I'm 31. Good for you. I was like, I don't, uh, I, I can't care about this right now. Right. Like, and I'm like proud of what we're doing. At the end of the day, I feel so strongly. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you too about the underlying need for this conversation. Uh-huh. That I I'm think like, I didn't I realize how much it was needed because I've been so open and you just, you, you see through your lens first, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was always the comedic factor that I was like, people are going to have such good time. Ha ha. But the comment, the number one comment afterward was, thank you. I needed that. And so I I think a lot of that is from the laughter. They needed a good laugh. It is heavy times. But another was this like, boom, I needed to have all of, I need to have that cork popped, you know? (laughs) Like I'm going to lotion in. 
that is a weird way that we deal with sexuality. It's either like something dirty and shameful and you should be disgusted mm-hmm. or it's very like clinical and medical and not at all enjoyable. Right. So I think with your show kind of being that like, no, it's fun and we're uh-huh. all going to laugh. And, and Right. And it's not going to go right all the time. Yeah. And that's hysterical, you yeah. know, and, and it's fine. And you just keep going, you know, like it doesn't stop the evening either. Usually it could. <laughs> <laughs> Do people come up to you after shows and then try to share with you their bad sexual experiences? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, any doozies Um, that you feel comfortable sharing? Yes, but this was not after the show. This was my friend's mom over breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Better. Oh, good. 9 a.m. sex story again. About riding her husband and puking on his chest. Oh, Oh, my God. It was a bumpy ride. She said, I kept telling them I didn't feel good. <laughs> but they were married at the time. Uh, yeah, maybe, freshly. Okay. <laughs> if that happens before the wedding and he sti- they still got married, they're really in love. <laughs> right? Oh, my right. God. Yeah. So I, I liked that one. That's a good one. I can just see someone's, I'm imagining small town Oklahoma mom. I told him I didn't feel good. <laughs> I can see it so clearly. What do you hope if, like, what are your biggest hopes for what people take from this? I hope that people feel a little more confident in themselves and in their sexuality and in their, in their, in their bad side, what they consider to be their bad side. Because I think that's what people, Americans too, because we're just, American culture is really a, a, a brag art culture, I think. You know, it's a status-driven mm-hmm. culture. So you're supposed to only shine a spotlight on your great attributes and not talk about the rest because that'll make you look bad, supposedly. But I think there's a lot of power in shrugging off that side and talking about that side and being like, this is who I am in whole. So I hope that people leave feeling like they can laugh at themselves and that sex is not an odd or bad thing to talk about. And if you fuck up in the bedroom, you don't have to be mortified. Because I think chicks especially are scared of that one. And when you're younger, you're like, I can never see that guy again. Well, that's not fucking true. Just stand up and own it, because actually that's hot too. I think. Do you like it when a chick is confident? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the se- confidence is the sexiest thing. <laughs> right. Do you like when she like farts on you and is like, "Yeah, I don't care." That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you like that? That was Taco you Bell. You like that? I'm meant to do it. <laughs> I completely meant to do that. <laughs> right. I'm confident in that decision. <laughs> Thought about holding in. Said no. No. And fart on this guy. <laughs> Because I'm that confident. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great lesson, though. I mean, I think we all probably could be a little more comfortable in our skin. So anything that pushes you in that direction. Yeah. And I really just want people to laugh because I do feel like everything is so serious right now. (sighs) It really is. So fucking serious. And you need this break. It's so much fun. I really just do want people to pile in and party with us, and you will love it. We can't wait. We're very excited. Yay! Yeah. And so grab an Uber. Yes. Get drunk. For sure. Come, come drunk and then get drunk. <laughs> oh, can you tell everyone the details about where, when, how to get tickets? For sure. Social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, badinbed.live, L-I-V-E. That's where you get everything. That's all of our information. You can get all the tickets there. You can read about everybody that's in the show. Tulsa Little Theater. Are you guys familiar with Tulsa Little Theater? Is, yeah. Is it, remind me where it's at. It's sexy, and it's just off of downtown on Blah Blah Street. <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll find it. At the corner of Blah Blah Street and Yada Yada Avenue. Uh, and, and so it's a gorgeous little intimate theater, 1950s. Awesome. And what dates are you playing? August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. One show each night. So that's 8 p.m. on the 1st, 8 p.m. on the 2nd, 8 p.m. on the 3rd. It's at 15th in Delaware. There you go. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just park in the neighborhood. Uh, is there any, any social media that people can follow for you? Yeah, at Blah Blah. <laughs> at blah, blah. There you go. 
on Instagram, Blah on Facebook. Yada, yada, yada. It's at badinbed.live or badinbedlive. I don't um, touch a whole bunch of it. Okay. I oversee it, but I'm not. I'm, I'm an old school girl. That, it's too uh, much. And my phone is off. Yeah. Are you on social media a whole lot? Yeah. I wish I was on it less. Sometimes it drives me crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too eat. Like, I never get a break. Especially if you're into politics, it's like I'm constantly just getting clobbered with stuff that depresses the shit out of me. See? So, yeah. I just screen's hard for and I mean I do it for a living I write on my laptop but screen is hard for me I'm a nature girl like I do think I'm I'm supposed to be living in a tree and I'm just not (laughs) so it's hard for me actually a squirrel (laughs) and I wrote a book do anything you want your your goal here is to make enough money you can sell your house and live in the tree well (laughs) see that's what I actually the the goal after this is to keep going and growing my audience so that I can just be writing my books full time and being able to have that balanced lifestyle of you know half of my day dedicated behind the screen but the other half outside having a life having a life well just breathing fresh air Mm -hmm. and being around animals and nature have you done it in the wild yeah we have so I was coming home from a party. We were kind of up all night. Uh, and then we were driving home early in the morning down an old dirt road. Mm-hmm. And we pulled off the side of the dirt road and, and fucked on the hood of the car. Beautiful. Yeah. Summer night? Well, summer morning, yeah. Summer morning. Yeah. So warmish. Warmish, yeah. Dewy. It was when we were finished. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? Any nature fucking? Uh, no. No, but like I, so I just came out like a year ago. Okay. And so I'd had all these, I wasn't having a lot of sex. I would with men and be like, what's the big deal with this shit? Oh, I can wait. <laughs> I'll do it again in like a year. So right? nothing too adventurous. Yep. Yet. Mm-hmm. We'll get there one day. Yeah, the woods are waiting. <laughs> they always are. <laughs> They're always going to be there for twenty more years. So badatsex.live right. is the website. I oh, know. Bad in bed. Bad in bed. Oh, dot live. I'm going to pull the book out. Bad in bed. Dot live is <laughs> <laughs> the website. Get all the details. Come see the shows. Oh, you've got to come see the shows because this is the beginning of the tour too, and we're going to blow up after this. So it's Tulsa, then Denver, then Kansas City. Ooh. Nice. Mm-hmm. Denver's going to be fun. Oh, my gosh. We can't wait. Yeah, so it's our little test trial to see how good we do outside of our borders. And they think they, being like some of the cornerstone members of Oklahoma City, think I might be the first uh, female writer, female producer to take an original work out of Oklahoma. That is so impressive. I know. Thank you. It's a huge accomplishment, putting something like this together, like... Thank you so much. I am. So, yeah, please come. So Just for the support. Anyway. Oh, and you know what, though, we have to talk about before we go? What's that? So we've got an opening act, and it is uh, local Tulsa poets slamming nasty poetry to um, bass and drum. Yes. That sounds hot. I'm so Mm. excited. Right? That is beautiful. And I love that you're getting local people in front of... Yeah. Their hometown crowd. It was important to me to not just show up and throw my dick on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told, I've been barred from so many venues from doing my show that way. <laughs> Here Tom, I am. get your damn dick off the table. How many times do you got to tell yeah, you? Tom. <laughs> Tulsa Little Theater, August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, bed dot live. That's it. All the details. Shelby, thank you so much for stopping by. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. I am so thankful that you guys had me on. It has been so much fun. It's great. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's great. Thank you. I'm Tom King. Lauren Turner. And this is Digital Intercourse.